Loved ones, there are some things that are both very difficult and yet very easy at the same time. Let's just get right into the words of Jesus today. Jesus went through one town and village after another, teaching and making his way to Jerusalem. This is more than just a, a travel log for the Son of God. You see, there are other places where he did similar things where we're told a little bit earlier in this record of his life that for two years Jesus' work had been this, traveling from one town and village to another, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. But this was a transition time for Jesus. He was, switch, he was switching from his work being to go to as many cities and towns and villages where he could to tell people that he, the Savior, had arrived now having a very specific destination. And with that specific destination came a very specific purpose. He was heading to Jerusalem. And there he would suffer, he would die, and he would rise to life. He did not travel alone. We're told he, he had his, his 12 disciples, his, his hand-picked missionaries that he was, was training himself for, for when he was going to leave. And we're also told in other parts of, of the Gospels that there was a group of women that went along with them and took care of their logistics and, and their material needs. And then as they walked along too, from town to town they would have groups, sometimes large, sometimes small, but groups of people that just wanted to hear him talk, maybe just for the day, walking along, gleaning what they could from him, listening, and then peeling off and going back home. And it seems that one of these people had a really good question for him. Are only a few people going to be saved? You can understand why someone would ask that, wouldn't you? Are only a few people going to be saved? Especially if you look at, at what happened just before this. Last week we talked about how Jesus said, it's hard being in the kingdom of God. A lot of times it means that there's going to be division in your family. Between those who, who believe in Jesus and those who don't. And then he also told a little while before this the, a parable about a fig tree that was dying. And the guy who owned the tree wanted to just cut it down, but he had a gardener who said, give me some time here. Give me a little while, I'll, I'll take care of it, I'll put some fertilizer down, and, and let's see if my work works. And, and if it doesn't, then, then we can cut it down then, but at least give it some time. And the point of this parable was that God is patient with us, wanting us to come to repentance. But time eventually runs out. And even though it's easy to try to put off repentance, Jesus is saying, now is the time to do it. Now is the time to build up your faith in Him. And this person put two and two together and, and was starting to figure out that following Jesus wasn't so easy. It wasn't for everyone. 
And so he asked the question, are only a few people going to be saved? But instead of taking him aside and answering that, that question just one-on-one, Jesus decided that what he had to say next was something everybody needed to hear. And so he spoke to everyone who, who was there and to you and me. He said, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Now, you are right if, Jesus, if, if you understand that Jesus didn't exactly give him a direct answer to that question, are only a few going to be saved? What Jesus implied with his answer is that that's a good question to ask, but there's a more important one that you have to ask and have answered first. Whether there are few or many people that are saved, you need to ask yourself, am I one of them? And the answer to that question, are you one of the saved ones, is both yes, and it is easier than you could ever imagine to make it happen, and the answer is also yes, it is the hardest thing in the world. That's not a wishy-washy fence-riding answer. It's the answer that Jesus gives. There are things in life that are both very hard and very easy at the same time. For instance, let's take moving from town to town. Sometimes that's a very easy thing to do because let's say you work for a company and it's going out of business and you need a new job. You do a little searching, a little calling, and sure enough, there's a job that opens up for you that that matches your skills and there's a good church and good schools nearby and so you say, yep, we're moving, easy. But then it comes time to actually do it to follow through on that decision that you made that was really out of your hands and you have to say goodbye to family and friends with whom you've grown really close. You have to get rid of stuff and you have to pack stuff and do all the logistics and go through the the, the stress of getting to know new people and, and, and new services in the place that you live. It's not easy. There are things that are both easy and hard at the same time. And Jesus says the same is true of the kingdom of God. And he uses the picture of a narrow door to explain what he means. The longer that you've been reading your Bible, going to our church, the more that you've heard this. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. In order to be saved, you need two things. You need to have your record cleared of your sins before God, and you need to have new life given to you. You are dead in your sins, the Bible tells us, and you need to be given spiritual life so that you can believe in God and serve Him in life that lasts into eternity. And you know that it is only by grace we can, that this happens. We cannot make it happen by ourselves. And so Jesus promises this with a picture of a gate, a, a gate to the next life, life with God, that's open. It's open. That's the first thing we need to know about this. The, the gate to, God's, to life with God is not something that takes a, a secret password or knowledge of a secret handshake The gate to life with God is not something that you need to push open. 
with your own intense effort to pray. Nor is it something that you can insist God opens because you have been so good and deserve to be with Him. It's opened by God's grace. The door to life, if you want to imagine it this way, has a doorknob on it, and the doorknob is a, in the shape of a cross that was turned when Jesus died on it, offering up His perfect life and clearing you of all your sin. The door to life in this narrow gate has a, has a doorstop in the shape of a stone that, that used to be over the front of Jesus' tomb and He blew away and sat down there holding it open so that you don't ever have to wonder, A, have I been good enough to God or if something bad happens to you in this life that you don't like, is God punishing me for my sin? Jesus has punished Jesus has been punished for everything. There is nothing left to do to you. And when you die, there is nothing holding you back from from living on with the one who says, I have power over death. I raise myself to life and I'll do the same for you. Because I live, you also will live, Jesus says. The door to heaven, this door is, is open and nothing could be easier than someone else, Jesus, did it all for me. And yet Jesus also says it's narrow. It's a narrow door that is hard to push through. In fact, while nothing could be easier than someone else has opened the door for me, in a sense, nothing could be harder. In fact, and Jesus says it takes an incredibly intense effort to squeeze through. You see, when you have a narrow door to life with God, you cannot squeeze through carrying anything that doesn't belong with Him. And nothing sinful belongs with our holy God. And by that I mean you and, and, and every every other Christian struggles with, with, with trying to say, I have life with God, but I can still fill in the blank. I can still carry some sort of sin with me while being a Christian at the same time. Let's take, for example, a, a, a sin against the seventh commandment. Laziness. Laziness is not just sitting around doing nothing. Lazy is even doing the work you do with a terrible attitude. With an attitude that says, I'm just going to do the bare minimum that I have to. And I'm only doing it because I have to. I'll do enough to, to, to earn my money or at least keep, keep my boss or my teacher or my spouse off my back. You're stealing from God when you do that. You're taking money for, for doing less than the job that you agreed to do when you took your job. You're, you're not making the most of the abilities that God has given you. Laziness is breaking the commandment that says, you shall not steal. And yet we still think that, well, as long as nobody gets hurt or as long as, as I'm happy in this life, it doesn't matter if I'm lazy or not. All that matters is how I get by but if you hold on to your laziness, Jesus says you are in danger of losing your faith. 
Because if you can justify one sin on the base of, well, as long as I'm happy and nobody else gets hurt, you can justify anything. I can worry all I want and, and as long as nobody knows, what does it matter? Coveting? Sure. Watching anything you want on the screen as long as you can hide it? Getting all angry and planning to hurt someone as long as you don't follow through with it? I can be a Christian and still... That's not what Jesus says happens. Because if your attitude is, I can justify any sin that I have, well then why do you need Jesus? Why do you need a Savior from your sin if you're the one that can take care of it all for you? And pretty soon this attitude that says, I can justify my sin, turns your religion into just an outward show. The people in Jesus' day say, we eat and drank with you, Jesus. We were, we were great fans of yours. But not close followers. And that, that outward religion turns to apathy. Apathy turns to doubt. And doubt turns to unbelief. And when that sets in, this is what you expect because this is what you will hear from God. I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me. It doesn't surprise you that the gate is narrow, though, does it? Because it is hard to struggle against sin and makes it seem like it's not for everyone. So Christians in a, in a Lutheran church have a favorite question. What does this mean? What does it mean that the gate to, to the kingdom of God is both the easiest thing in the world and the hardest thing in the world? It means that now is the time to get whatever sin you are filling in your blank with. <laughs> now is the time to stop thinking, I can be a Christian and still hold on to this little sin as long as I don't hurt anyone or no one knows. Now is the time to say, my sin endangers me. My sin threatens my faith. My sin, O oh God, is not something I can help and it's not something I can make up for. Have mercy on me. Pray that every day. Lord, this is my sin. Have mercy on me for Jesus' sake and know in your heart that he does. And if you doubt, think of his cross, think of his tomb, Think of the fact that you were connected to those things when you had a little water poured over your head in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at your baptism. And ever since that day, the door to heaven has been open to you. And living a life of repentance means that Jesus will hold it open until, Jesus, until he says, welcome into my kingdom forever. Keep praying. Keep praying that the Holy Spirit strengthen you against your sin, keep praying that the Holy Spirit strengthen you to hold on to Jesus. Jesus made it very clear that there are going to be billions that are saved. He did eventually answer the man's question. There's going to be people coming from east, west, north, and south in the kingdom of God, and there's going to be some surprises. Some people that you thought were, 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 were strong and devout followers, the first and most important people in my kingdom, they're actually going to be the last in, and some of the people that you said, ugh, to... They're going to be first. But the big question is, are you going to be among them? And yes, yes you are by the grace of God. 
Hold on to him, even though it's hard. Keep struggling, keep struggling against your sin, keep struggling against your nature that tells you that you can get away with a little bit. Keep struggling to live a repentant life, making every effort to hold on to Jesus as he takes you through his narrow door. Amen.